listening to the Derek Asante podcast, also known as DAPS, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. I just aim to keep the discussion above the average. My guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Asante, and today I am privileged to be having a conversation with this individual. She is an author and a poet whose work I've come to both enjoy and appreciate. I reached out to her because, you know, I grew to enjoy her work. I kind of followed secretly in the background through IG and I was like, wait a minute, she keeps reading these prose and poems. I'm like, I kind of like the energy here. So I reached out and I thought her journey would be something that could truly inspire so many of us. So please help me welcome a new friend, Andriana Orlo. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to actually learn more about who you are, how the book came to be, and we'll talk more about that um, and so forth. I'm really trying to figure out who is she? I'm trying to do the most research <laughs> I can possibly do. I went on the YouTube channels and I did all I'm like, wait, she's doing hair. She's doing hair. It's not poem yet. Okay. And then later it becomes about poetry. I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, that you're all over the map as far as who you are. Um, and I think that was nice to kind of witness for myself. That's why I'm here tonight to try and learn more about who you are and what makes you tick. Now, I usually open with a quote. And the quote I have for you tonight is this. I'm going to share it. And then I want you to give me your candid opinion about it. Okay. All right. The liar, the cheat, and karma will always tell the truth as poets. The truth will always come out. I mean, with poetry, it is able to grasp who you really are, pull out all the emotions, all the memories, thoughts, feelings. And with, you know, the liars and the cheats and stuff like that, um, that's not honesty. But with poetry, you get the honesty of the person. And or when you hear a poem, you're able to get in tune with your true emotions and your true feelings. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, people will lie. People will cheat. Karma is always going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what resonates with you becomes a part of your truth. And I guess if you're okay with that, then you can walk with it, right? But, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's, I mean, I feel like life is poetic in itself. And so that's why, you know, the truth is always going to be through the words and the energy and everything that comes from it, mm-hmm. from a meaningful place. And so... Yeah, the truth will always catch up with you. Yeah, yeah. So tonight, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about, you know, a little bit about your writing process, Mm -hmm. how you find a balance, the new book, and what's your why? I want to get into all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's start from the beginning. So tell me a little about who Andriana is today, who you were yesterday, and who you're becoming for tomorrow. Uh, So... I am a mother of three, um, a wife. I am a sister, a friend, daughter, most importantly. Um, I got into writing as a means to express myself more concisely and get to the truth of myself. And yeah, writing has been something that's been a part of me for years now as a necessity mm. um, because of, you know, the daily grind is with kids from 6 a.m. They wake up at 6 a.m. and they go to bed at 8 o'clock at night. But, you know, yeah. it's just an ongoing thing. And 
writing was the one thing that I was able to carve out of the day for myself to just be free, I guess you could say. Yeah. And so before the writing, I shouldn't say before the writing, before the kids, Mm -hmm. who were you then? Before the kids. So I had my first son when I was 21. And during that time, I was working retail and just, you know, basically doing whatever else I wanted, Right. you know, was able to clock out of work and go out and do, you know, anything. Um, during that time, I was getting back into school as well. And I met my husband. And since then, it's just been steady family life. That's it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So before, I mean, it sounds like you were working at, from an early age. Mm-hmm. Wow. How early did you start working? So I started working when I was 16, um, balancing school and work. And I actually, I had a hard time staying in high school. Like I just I was finding it very hard to focus. Mm-hmm. And I ended up taking some time off from school when I was about 18. Okay. And then I was just solely working. And eventually I knew that I, I needed to finish. So it was a, a, a battle within myself to actually buckle down and stay focused. And I ended up going to a an adult school because the, the times they were different. I was able to go when I needed to and the semesters were shorter. Right. So it wasn't a drawn out process and I was able to finish, graduate high school, which was a big achievement uh, for me because of the hard time I had. Just, right. You know, focusing. And um, yeah, throughout that time, I was just working and balancing school. Wow. That doesn't sound like a, an easy journey at all. And no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm sure you got some rewards along the way. I mean, you, you, yeah. you learned a lot, of, not just about yourself, but about, you know, life and, and coping and managing and, and all that. So finding yourself is the most important thing, I would say. Yeah, that was the most important thing for me. It was really uh, trying, but got there. Yeah. And done and... I learned everything I needed to learn at that time in my life, which helped me move forward and is where I got to today. What What were some of the, I guess, the challenges you had in high school? Uh, really just figuring out who I was and figuring out where I wanted to be in the future. Right. Uh, how I was going to get there. Um, figuring out what I wanted my career to be or where I wanted to live. And another challenge of mine was just buckling down and being able to focus and make something of myself. Right. So were you like, were you distracted with friends or is it just you were isolated? Um, a mix. <laughs> distracted with friends and other people and okay, just the path I was on. Okay. Now, do you come from a large family or small family? Very large family. <laughs> My mom had seven kids. What? And then I have the siblings on my dad's side as well, and all my aunts and uncles, everybody. <laughs> Holy shoot. What's your background? My mom is Jamaican. She was born in Jamaica and came here in 1990. And my dad is Irish Scottish. Wow. He was born here. And you were born here? Yeah. That's amazing. Seven siblings? Yeah, just from my mom's side. Wow. Well, on my mom's side, six siblings. And then on my dad's side, uh, three siblings. So 
have a lot. And you know all of them? Like you have a relationship with all of them? Are your siblings? Uh, no, not all of them, unfortunately. Were you were you the middle? Are you the eldest? My mom had five kids in Jamaica, and then she came up here. Um, unfortunately, she had we filed for them after to come up here. Um, she came up here and met my dad, and then it was just about me for about five years. Mm. I didn't live with my other siblings on my dad's side. Oh, okay. So was, I was just a solo kid, pretty much, uh, for about five years. Had both my parents, and then. Um, when I was six, my siblings came up from Jamaica and then it was all of us living, four of them came up from Jamaica and it was all of us living in just a tiny apartment for a couple of years. And then, um, as everyone got older, they moved out. So, and my mom had my youngest brother and then it was just a few of us in the house. So are you the second youngest then? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's not a bad gig. <laughs> I mean, the first five years, you're just coasted. <laughs> wow. And so, so it was poetry. I know you mentioned that it was kind of like your coping me- mechanism or your escape. Mm-hmm. How early in your, I guess, teenage years did you discover poetry? Or is it before that? Like before high school time? Or is it? So I actually didn't really get into poetry until last year around this time. Oh, I didn't like start writing as a necessity until about what year would that have been? 2017. Like I used to write in high school in English class and stuff like that, but I didn't really have it as something so essential until I became a mother and I needed that to carve out that time for myself as I was able to get out of the foggy period of having two small kids and I just needed to write to get everything out. And that's what became like the main focus in my life. Did you find that poetry was the best way because you didn't have somebody to, let's say, call that would understand or or like, how was it? Because I feel like, so for me, I I always say poetry saved my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say that just because in high school is when I discovered it and I was directed to it. And so it helped me. Like I was, you know, I was that kid that's getting suspended every other you know, a couple of days or whatever, because I'm I'm fighting mm-hmm. and I'm angry. So poetry helped me kind of vent and express myself without getting in trouble. And nobody had to read it. It was just for me. And it helped me cope with that part of my, my life. So I'm, I'm curious how you kind of functioned or was it after becoming a mother is where you felt like, wait a minute, I need it. Or like, when did it, kick in for you that I need this to be my outlet? So poetry became um, so necessary for me to write last year around this time because it was the period in my life where I felt like I was in the darkest place. Mm -hmm. Um, So last year around this time was when um, I had the last conversation with my mom actually um so she just came back to Ontario just about you know the time when the lockdown hit and everything right and at that time she was already um her health was already declining Mm -hmm. so it was necessary for her to be in Ontario she was living on the other side of the country and all of her 
like medical appointments had to be pushed back because of the restrictions. So she finally was able to get um, her scans done mm-hmm. a- around this time last year. And she went to the hospital and during her scan, the doctors said she needed to have a, an emergency operation. And um, the night before her operation is when we had our last phone call. We had a video chat. And my sisters were at the hospital. They had restrictions. Not everybody could be there. And um, we were able to say, I love you. And, you know, we're going to talk once you recover, once you wake up. And the operation didn't go as planned. And um, she's still with us here today, but everything is completely different. Uh, We will never hear her voice again or see her out of the hospital, see her moving and laughing and everything like that. But during this time last year, when they told us basically what happened during the operation, they were saying, you know, time is limited and um, you, you need to say your goodbyes now. Like they let us into the hospital for a short period of time to say bye, basically. And it was such a sudden impact because, of course, you know, we didn't expect her to go and have her scan and for them to say that. Right. Um, and even during the time before that, you know, there was restrictions and because, you know, she's older and we have young kids, we weren't able to see her as much. So it was a very, very difficult time. And it was like the carpet had been pulled out from underneath me, like the ground had just dissolved. And I was just, you know, at the lowest low, um, just trying to um, understand everything that was happening and dealing with the grief and the sadness and the anger and, you know, and, um, usually the things I was doing before to get me out of those kind of, you know, emotions like Mm -hmm. walking or, you know, doing stuff with the kids and doing stuff like that. I was, I just wasn't able to call myself back up. And I mean, I didn't have the time to, I guess, process all the emotions because, you know, gotta be up a certain time in the morning Yes, and go through the entire day without, you know, pausing to process or having someone, you know, take care of the kids. You know, my husband was here, but he has to work. Right. Right. Um, so poetry just became that thing that helped me or that made me process, you know, process the emotions, process, you know, just everything and to just deal with, what I needed to deal with in order to function for myself and then in turn for my kids and for my family. That's, that's my, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not even sure what to say. That's yeah, it's, it's a lot, but that's just how I, you know, before I was writing and I, I knew that writing would come back to me. Like my days had been so busy with the kids and I'd been so tired before this happened. So I wasn't writing as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. But I knew, I knew I had to get back to it. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't be having a conversation. I don't know what my my other outlet would have been. Right. Um, but yeah, poetry became that lifesaver for me. Wow. It's a necessity. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that. That's so powerful. That's that's a That's a great deal of strength to even have, to even like recount that experience. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> but wow. yeah. Now, 
I'm going to try my best to shift gears so that we don't, mm-hmm. we don't keep you in that space. Have you ever considered writing under like an alias? When I started uh, sharing my poetry online, like I began sharing on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was writing, actually my name on Instagram when I started sharing was Wander in the Moon, mm-hmm. which is the title of my poetry collection. So that's why it's titled that. Um, and then, you know, as time went on and I was more comfortable with sharing my poetry, then I um, started sharing with my full name. Okay. I'm going to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Wander in the moon. Walk me through that. Because I noticed the chapters or the sections are all, on you know, throughout the book. It's a theme related to the moon. It's like there's a connection here. Mm-hmm. Walk me through that. How did that, like, first of all, where did the title come from? So uh, Wander in the Moon became the title because I didn't have any time during the day to process. I wasn't able to be in that mental space to process anything or even, you know, write anything. Mm-hmm. The most, like, 95% of my work is done in the nighttime when the kids go to bed. Right. And during this time when I was going through, like, my dark period, um, I'd lay down to sleep because my body felt so exhausted and I wasn't able to sleep. I was just up writing in my head, going through line after line and putting pieces together. So that's where wander and the moon comes from because I'd be, my mind would be wandering at night from this poem or this piece to the next and the next. Mm. And it was all done, you know, under moonlight. Wow. That's a, that's a, okay. I like that story. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I was, I was, I was really trying to figure it out on my own. I'm like, this is hurting my head. I can't do it. Uh -uh." (laughs) Let me just ask her. (laughs) Wow, I love it. I love it. And so talk to me about the artwork. You did that yourself as well, or you had somebody help you with that? I did it myself. Okay, that makes sense because I saw the back of the book and I'm looking at the little sketches that you got there too. Yeah, so initially, like I made them when I was sharing my work online, mm-hmm. like, you know, to have a little little picture to go with the piece that I wrote. Right. And um, I didn't want to not include them because they tie into the, the poem. Mm-hmm. other friends so I just add them at the back I know sometimes in poetry books people put them on each page but I just wanted to have a little section at the back to have the pictures that I made to go with the the work so so has visual arts been something that you've always been um, connected to I did really enjoy it in high school um, for the the classes I had to take mm-hmm. and I've, I've always been like a little doodler you know, on the side of my work, there's always something there. If I decide to change lanes in the future, that would definitely be something I get into. Uh, I would enjoy that. But yeah. What's keeping you from jumping into it now with the poetry? Um, now, it, my main focus was writing mm-hmm. and completing the book. Nice. And I kind of, I sort of set a deadline as to when I wanted the book to be done. And then for future work, I may get back into that or I may just do something completely different with uh, artwork. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Wow. An artist, a poet, an author. <laughs> That's three for three. We have a lot in common. <laughs> We're like best, best friends right now. <laughs> That's incredible. Okay. Okay. I like this. I like this. Now, 
there's a there's a prose that I was reading. It's a short one. Um, the rock the boat. Okay. Now I wouldn't mind you sharing that one first, but are all your poems personal? They all. I'll say about ninety five percent. I mean, they all come from somewhere within me. Yes. You know, when I thought about them, they struck a chord somewhere within. Mm-hmm. Some of them are definitely more personal than others. Um, but yeah, they're all they're all pretty personal. Well, I mean, that, that's I think that's where we make the, the best connection when it's coming from a real place. Someone reading it can actually um, relate to it. Mm-hmm. And even in the metaphors and the similes, we can always feel something there. That's and I think that's important. Mm-hmm. But I want you to start off with Rock the Boat. Why the title and where did this one come from? Like what inspired this one? So this one, like many others, were inspired by the strongest people in my life. The people who have always remained remained there, remained by my side, um, keeping me going. Uh, Rock the Boat, some of them, some of the, the titles that I have, when I when I thought about the piece, they reminded me of a song. Mm-hmm. Or they reminded me of an image. And this one, Rock the Boat, it goes, your existence became an anchor in this life of turbulence. And when I think of turbulence, I, I thought of, you know, the ocean, the waters, you're out at sea, um, and you just have that anchor that holds you down mm. in life and just keeps you where you need to be. Right. Keep going. Now, is there a favorite or a poem in this book that you had the most fun, like, writing? Um, is there a favorite or on the list of favorites? There are a couple favorites. Um, there's a handful of them. Yeah, there's a handful of them. Okay. So it, what, what, what would one of the titles be? I just want to share the title because... I definitely want people to pick up the book. Um, I don't want us to give everything away, but one of the, you know, your favorites from the book. One of my favorites would be Break Through the Earth. Okay. I got to make sure I read that one. See what I learned. (laughs) Now, do you find after you write a poem or, wait, first of all, how many do you write in in one one night if you're able to? Um, On my best nights, maybe like five or so. You know, I, I sometimes I don't get the full thing all at once. I yeah. just try to pull out whatever I can, make sure I at least have it in notes because I know in the morning I'm going to wake up and I'll completely forget everything. Yeah. Uh, so even if I just get the basis of it or, you know, a sentence to go in there, then, you know, that's good. And do you find that writing energizes you or it, it exhausts you? I find it energizes me. Like when I when I have that thought mm-hmm. or stream of thoughts, I can just keep writing and keep going. And then, after, like afterwards, I w- just want to write more. So I pull out as much as I can and just write and write and write. So I, I don't want to call it writer's block, but what would be your kryptonite when you're writing? What completely kills the vibe? And you say, you know what? It's time for me to go to sleep or try to go to sleep. Noise, <laughs> like that's why I write mostly at night because the house is completely quiet, right? If I try to write during the day, I'm distracted by someone jumping off something or someone yeah. asking me for something, or you know, yeah. we have to go here, we have to go there. But at night, 
it needs to be quiet. Um, so you don't, yeah. you don't even write with like, I mean, I'm assuming you do, but correct me if I'm wrong. Do you write with music sometimes? No. Nothing, eh? No, it's too distracting. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, it has to be quiet. So you're just deep like in your there thoughts. Is, there was one piece I wrote mm-hmm. that became really um, important to me. I actually was inspired by a TV show. And I was watching the show and I just really got into a thought and I just wrote something and then I completely missed what was happening in the show. But I mean, at least it inspired me to write. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. So, okay. Now, do you have a dedicated space you go to when you're writing now or is it? Is it anywhere you'll you'll feel comfortable sitting and you're able to write in the house? So now I do actually. Before I didn't have my own desk, mm-hmm. but as I as writing became more of a common thing again, right. and as I was working on my book, then I carved out my own little space. I had my desk. Doesn't usually stay tidy because then um, my toddler he's usually on top of it, right. putting things <laughs> off the shelf. <laughs> but it's still my my space yeah. and. Um, I do enjoy writing when I can with like my notebook and my pencil. Mm -hmm. So then I'll take the notes off my phone and then I'll have my time to write in the quiet. Uh, But if I'm not able to be at my desk writing, then usually on my notepad on my phone when I can get that time, like during the day, if there's a quiet time. and And so what's your process? Do you go from pen or pencil to paper and then to your phone and then to the computer? So because most of my work does end up getting done in my notepad, I go from my notepad to my notebook. I put my notes app on my phone to my notebook. Mm. Then I, you know, process all the lines there. I can just go from my phone to the computer, but it's just, it just feels more real. I feel more connected to it when I'm writing with the pen and paper or pencil and paper. Yes. But then I'll type it up after. Sorry, that got me excited because someone still uses a pen <laughs> or a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. It's funny. My wife said to me the other day, she's like, why are you writing with a pen? Why don't you just type mm-hmm. it on your phone? No, there's something about writing things on paper. Mm-hmm. It, you know, the process of remembering it and it's, you know, it really um, it gets stuck, right? It, it really takes... And, and I just like the process because writing it takes time, which means I can still think as I'm writing, mm-hmm. you know, but when you're, you know, just typing it on your phone, it's not the same. It's, it's almost like there's more of a break. There's a disconnect. And yeah. I, I don't like that. So. I, and even for like revisions, you know, when you're on your pen and paper, if you cross something out, then you think of a new line. And then, you know, you read it back after. It's like, this doesn't work. I should go back to what I had before. At least then it's not completely gone. Gone, exactly. But if you're on the computer or on your phone, you know, you delete That's it. everything. It's gone. I mean, on the computer, you can you go back and undo, but it's, it's not the same. Not yeah. the same. Yeah, it's true. Because <laughs> yeah. it's right there when you scratch it out. I can see the word underneath the line. <laughs> <It's>, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? That's awesome. And what's what would you say is one of your most challenging processes, like with this creative thing that you're going through? Like, what's... Take out the noise. We know the noise mm-hmm. is, is a distraction. Is there anything else that slows you down that if you can get rid of it would be, you know, heaven on earth? Um, if I could get rid of it. Like a, a thing that slows your process down. Is there anything that slows it down or you're okay with everything that's happening? 
I guess the second guessing or the second guessing, like sometimes when you write a personal piece Mm -hmm. and it just feels like giving away too much or maybe it's a new, you went in a new direction and it feels like not like your old stuff. It doesn't feel as authentic. Right. Just basically second guessing and having that, that voice of doubt back there, even though you're being as truthful as you possibly can be while writing. Right. Um, even if it's not like a heavy piece, if you know what I mean? Just, just the voice of doubt. I, I think we all go through that. I mean, I rewrite some of my pieces maybe three or four times. Mm-hmm. And a year later, I'm like, what was I thinking? Yeah. This would sound so much better. And I rewrite it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. It never ends, right? But Yeah, that, that became a, a thing with me because I've gone through about, I went through the first draft. Yeah. I went through the second draft. And then I found myself nitpicking at everything and yeah. taking this line out of here. And then I'd reread it back to myself and it, it sounds strange and then I'd take this out again and yeah. I must have gone through my my manuscript on my computer about like 20 times before I was just like no that's it I'm just hitting release or publish and that's it that's it that's <laughs> if there's it. a mistake that's yep. it I just yep. can't do it anymore have you heard of um Seth uh Godin no you should look into his books um he's not a poet he's uh He's a well-renowned um, marketer, and his his latest book is called um, I think it's called Marketing. Can't remember. I'll send you the information, but it's it's a very really I enjoyed it. I got the audio book as well, and I got the um, actual book because I like to have both. I'm weird like that, but mm-hmm. he talks about just shipping, and what that means is. Just get it out because creative individuals, we'd love to do exactly what we just talked about. Yeah. <laughs> edit and re-edit and re-edit and re-edit, but we never get it to the people that that need this. Mm-hmm. Right? And so his thing is, don't worry about editing it, editing it and, you know, redoing it or trying to reach or, or strive for perfection. Yeah. He said, put it out there. And that's what he calls just ship. So just ship it to the people. It's no longer yours because an idea that comes to your head belongs now to you, to, to the universe. Mm-hmm. So with your book now, just send it out there. If it's imperfect, great. Let the people that are reading it tell you the imperfections so that you can have a revised version. Mm-hmm. Again, you don't lose. That's just a new copy of the book. Now, though, you know, somebody else is going to buy it or the same person might buy it again because you said it's a revised version. Now there's maybe 10 new or 20 new poems. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's just from his marketing perspective. It also makes sense that otherwise we would never put out anything in the universe. We just keep it to ourselves. (laughs) Right. So just ship. So that's awesome. That's awesome that you just. Yeah, that's great because I going through this process of figuring out um, how I was going to print everything and have it shipped out there. I actually printed a batch of books um, here in Ontario. And then when I got the books and I read the copy that I got because I wasn't able to get like a draft or anything. And I noticed a lot of typos (laughs) (laughs) because I was 
just like the state I was in and um, the grogginess and just wanting to have it done and out there. Yeah. I didn't reread everything as I should have. Yeah. So I have a couple books printed with the typos and I was, you know, just worried about what do I do with them now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you learn, right? Mm-hmm. You learn. It's a process. You got to go through it to know. I did the same thing on my first book as well. Like I, I had copies. I'm like, shoot, the font is too small. Shoot. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a typo. I got to rewrite that. And same thing. It happens to the best of us because we don't mm-hmm. have the funds to pay for someone to oversee it. And even those people don't catch it. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've bought books. I have a few collection. I have a, quite a good collection of books. And there's a lot of typos in them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it happens. Um, now, you had this piece, but a dream. Mm-hmm. Do you recall that one? Um, but a dream. I'll get to it now. I actually have my book. Page 15, I think it's on there. Yep. So I want you to share that one with us. But before you do, I have a, a little quirky question. If you had to mm-hmm. choose a mascot <laughs> or an avatar as a poet, what would it be? Um, I don't know. <laughs> what would yours be? <laughs> I think I think mine's forever going to be Tweety Bird. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I do know why. He's just he's yellow. Yellow's a favorite color, color of mine. Um, and he just he's 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 witty. Like he's he's slick. He never gets caught. He outsmarts his you know mm-hmm. his uh, predator and and everything else. So that's how I I grew connected to that character. So mine would probably be Tweety Bird. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but if you had to, if you had to pick one, what would it be? You can make it an animal. Um, an owl. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think an owl because you know the I'm moon. Up, yeah, the moon up at night, and yes, you know. yes, the night owls. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. So, but a dream. Now, I want to know what the backstory is for that poem. How did that one come about? So. Should I read it first? And sure. Then... Yeah. Okay, so. In a realm of cotton candy dreams, the autumn breeze blows and whispers gentle melodies. Visions from the past, I recognize the voice of you. On these hills I found, I lay to rest my worries and forgive myself for the days I spent in a flurry. In a rush to discover the world with inabilities to love without hindrance, nature speaks to me as I stand with the mystic winds and remember the times I had you beside me here. It is in the way that fragrant flowers grow and the season's colors begin to show that I feel your love and sense you nearby. So this one I actually wrote about my mom or for my mom and for my grandma. Um, My grandma passed away um, in 2017. Uh, I was very close with her. I spent a lot of my childhood with her. Mm -hmm. Um, That was my first real um, hard loss to get through right. because of how close we were and she lived a very long happy adventurous life and um, I wrote it for my mom too because at the time when I wrote it you know even still now the doctors have given us you know have told us what's to come um, and this was just a way that I processed, you know, what I was going through and, you know, just 
by the wine. It is in the way the fragrant flowers grow. Because my mom, she has always been a green, she's always had a green thumb, always been a gardener, loves her flowers, her mm. plants. So that's also what has now connected me to plants um, as an adult. Before I didn't really, you know, I just grew up with them. They were always in the house. Right. Uh, but now I actually intentionally buy them and take care of them, you know, as a way to always be close with her. Wow. I had no idea. It, you know what? It felt, it felt um, very personal and significant to me when I read it. Mm-hmm. And I found myself connecting it to my mother. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was like, wait, I need to ask her about this one because I feel like it's, it's somebody really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's an incredible backstory for it. I, I really enjoyed it. I read that one like a few times. I'm just like. I'm glad you were able to connect with it like that. Yeah, because I I experienced a near loss with my mother when I was younger. You know, she at one point she had a internal bleeding and she was rushed to hospital. She was at, actually at the salon when it happened. Mm-hmm. And so they were able to get her to the hospital and doctors were saying pretty much if she was like pretty much three, five minutes late getting there, she wouldn't have made it. Well, And I'm like 19 at this point. So I'm like, what would my world look like? I couldn't process that. Yeah. I literally locked myself in my room for three days and I didn't even go and see her for three days in a hospital until I was able to, you know, muster up the the courage to be able to do that because I was Mm -hmm. still stuck in that space of what if she, she's, you know, no longer here. Like what if it goes Mm -hmm. wrong? And, and so I was in that space for that time. So when I read this, I was like, wait a minute, that I remember that feeling. Mm-hmm. It brought me to that feeling and and how I got through it. And I wrote similar pieces to remember the, the great memories, the good times. Mm-hmm. And I literally suppressed that one just because I didn't, you know, because I knew she survived. And I was like, okay, I got to put that one away because I don't want it to remind me of a loss that didn't happen. Yeah. You know, so that was a pretty, wow. pretty um, rough process uh, state mm-hmm. at that time but I can definitely relate to it but this one spoke to me and, and that's why I was like okay, I want to see if you can share that with us I appreciate you doing that you're welcome um, how did the process I mean first of all what what inspired you to say I'm going to write a poetry book so what inspired me was um, I had done all the writing uh, from about last August, mm-hmm. you know, all of July, um, after we found out the news and everything, I was basically like emotionally stunted. Mm-hmm. I was a- unable to process anything because, you know, nothing was making sense and the doctors had said what they said and, you know, it was just a lot. So, and in August I said, I need, I need to figure something out. I need to start the the process of healing and, you know, um, so I started writing in August and for this book, I wrote all the way up until March. Oh, wow. Um, like again in, in December was when I went through another loss. We found out, my family found out that my eldest brother had actually passed away. Um, and he lived in Jamaica he didn't Whoa. come up to Canada with uh, my other siblings. 
um, because he was older and, you know, he, right. he made the choice to stay there. And so we went through another loss and, you know, that kind of started the process of going through everything all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, in January, I made a New Year's resolution to do something beyond what I normally do with my writing. Like before I was just sharing some stuff online through my Instagram or through my blog, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to do something else with it. And initially I was going to just pull out some pieces to put a manuscript together to enter a chapa contest. But when I found the contest I wanted to enter, I didn't realize it was closing in about three days. Oh, wow. And so I was rushing to put the manuscript together, which I had never done before. Um, and I felt under tremendous pressure because I was processing you know, everything I was going through. And then I was only able to work at night. And then when it came time to enter the contest, I wasn't confident in what I had put together. Mm-hmm. I knew, like, I could have entered it, but it just, it wouldn't have been worth it. Right. That's that's how I felt. And so then I just had the idea to put a collection together. And I was taking my time with it. And I knew I wanted to put the collection together, but I was still hesitant about doing so. Right. And then in about uh, February, I wrote this piece. And it's called um, Shades of Green. Mm-hmm. And this is another piece about my mother as well. I'm going to get to it now. And so in this piece and when I was writing it, I was, I wrote it because I was remembering a time I had a conversation with my mom and she was talking about wanting to write a book about her life, writing about, you know, everything she had gone through, her life in Jamaica and, you know, her life in Canada. Uh, She wanted to write about our ancestral lineage and you know just everything that made her who she is mm. and the reason she didn't end up doing so like when she told me we had this conversation when I was a teenager mm-hmm. but you know since the time she came to Canada uh, she had always just been working working in school taking care of the kids and she never really had that break to sit down and write her book right. and um and then a couple of days before the, she went to the hospital last year, last July, for the scan, I remembered that conversation we had all those years ago. And I was actually going to bring it up and talk to her about it because, you know, she was home. Um, she was waiting to have her doctor's appointments. And, you know, this was a good time for her to start her book finally. Mm-hmm. But I forgot that I wanted to have this conversation with her because I got caught up in doing stuff with the kids. and. Yeah. I need to write things down when I think of them. Otherwise I forget. Right. So then when we had the conversation later on that night, I didn't remember that I wanted to talk to her about this. Um, And then we never ended up having the conversation. So then when I wrote this piece, shades of green and you know, it, it just made sense to me that I needed to work on my collection and, and finish it and release it. Wow. So Wander and the Moon is really an ode to your mother as well. Yes. Incredible. 
especially like being able to finish it. Yeah. I, I envision her, you know, being able to hold it herself and to read it. And, um, I, you know, don't, that would be a, an absolute miracle. Yeah. Um, but I have, I have read it to read the book to her. Mm-hmm. Um, at the hospital, they were doing virtual visits, so the person would bring the iPad and set it up in front of her, front of her bed, and so we were able to talk to her. She can hear our voices, so I've, I have been able to read it to her. But you know, that would be an absolute miracle yeah. to you wow. to finally see it. I'm glad you're able to even share it with her. Mm-hmm. That's Thank awesome. You. Are you? Are you comfortable sharing that piece? Yes, yeah, I, I can. Okay. I took a chance reading all the faves, books leaving everyone in a rave. The one I have been waiting for has yet to be made. With all my appetite saved up, it is a special one I crave. Or the first and its sequel or a trilogy set. No mention of how many there would be those years ago that you said to me. Another one of your creations is to be a book about your life. The story of who in the world before you, all that you sacrificed to travel from there, and why you needed to be here. Perhaps this is what's drawn me to writing. I'm pulling out words buried deep down inside from a range of experiences and emotions I desperately tried to hide. You know, as well as I, parts of our lives can only stay buried in the sand for so long until the beach gets flooded by the tide. I drifted out in the ocean, drowning in my tears and hoping. One day you'll enjoy reading this collection of work I've passed the time creating. Thousands of words written in these months we've been waiting. Waiting for your well-needed rest and your well-deserved healing. And soon we will all be together again. It's only a matter of time. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Oh, gosh. Listen, we've been listening to um, Andriana share her story with us. Her words... This book, Wanderer in the Moon, you have to get it. I don't care how old, how young you are. Everyone should pick this book up. Not because she's on the show, but it's actually a very, very good book. <laughs> like I've been sitting at my kitchen uh, counter just just going through it, you know, reading a few here and there and just skipping through. Because poetry books, you can't read from beginning to end. You have to kind of jump around and feel it based on what you're feeling. And sometimes we judge it by the title, but we're like, nope, that's not the one I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. And then you go to, you know, you finally find one, but she's got everything in here that is for everyone. And so please, and, and the reason why I say everyone is because we all experience some of the things that she's described tonight, you know, um, in our own ways, we deal with grief and, and pain and, loss and happiness and joy and all those things. And so, and that's why I think this book is essential. Um, I think it's one that people need to definitely have in their collection. So make sure you grab one of those um, and you can get it on Amazon. We'll give you the details and the link at the end of the, in the description on the show. So look out for that. I'll also get her to tell us all about where you can get the book before we wrap things up in this um, episode tonight. Now, Andriana, there's another piece that I really liked. It put a smile on my face. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't mind talking to me about that one, I know that has to do with your kids. I I don't think I got it wrong. It's called Little Geniuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> okay, what triggered that one? First of all, the title. Where'd that come from? You know, kids, kids, they know everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, even they'll, they'll help you figure out things about yourself you never knew. Yes. Things that were, you know, buried deep down inside or they'll notice everything. Yeah. And yeah, that's why I named it Little Geniuses. <laughs> so was there, was there something specific that happened? That made you say, you know what, I'm going to write something about these kids and, and what they bring to the table. I felt it was necessary to write poems about them as well, because they are a very, very important part of my life. Um, I began my spiritual journey when I became a mom. That is when I really started figuring things out about myself, things that were buried deep down inside. Mm-hmm. Um, that. I wasn't able to, you know, sit with myself and think about beforehand or had the clear mind to do so. Mm-hmm. So when I became a mom, that's when I really discovered myself mm. pretty much. Uh, and that's when like my writing journey began and yeah. Wow. Yeah. What do you That's why I felt it was so necessary to write about them as well because the book is the theme of it is centered around the moon and the moon goes through about six phases. It goes through about six phases in its cycle. It cycles 28 days. So that's why I tied it into, you know, these emotions and this, this journey of life because we're constantly evolving and changing and going through our own phases. And that's why, you know, the first section is called the waning moon. Mm. It's about love and then the full moon and it's about uh, sorrow. Oh, sorry, that's the new moon. Mm. And the full moon is about growth. So you're going through these three phases and a big phase of my life and stage of my life has been my kids. Wow. And so those phases that you labeled the chapters are the phases that the moon goes through? Yeah. Yeah, there wow. are three of them. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. That's That's good to know. What are you most comfortable identifying as? Is it an author? Is it a writer? Is it a poet? Or is it an artist? Or is it a mixture of some of those? Or all of it? Um, Writer. Writer would be the most uh, comfortable one. Why do you say that? And why are you most comfortable with writer? I mean, when you look up the the definition online, an author is someone who has produced a book. Mm -hmm. Um... And then uh, so as a writer as well, but more so author um, and a writer writes and writes and will have things here and there. But I've always just been writing mm-hmm. like before when I started writing, I would share some stuff here and there online on my blog right. um, as a means to connect with people like anyone who's able to connect with it and writing it for you. You know, mm-hmm. to have, you know, have someone to connect with. Um, and, yeah. Wow. Just feel more comfortable as a writer. <laughs> so, I think you alluded to it earlier when we started talking, but what comes first for you when you start to sit down and jot down ideas? Is it the title or is it a concept or sometimes the body of the poem comes to you first? Like, what normally 
tends to come to you the first. Body, the body. The right? body of the poem. Sometimes I'm I'm triggered or, influ- or inspired by, you know, the breeze that day or, I don't know, I see a color and it, you know, invokes right. past memory or emotion or... So the body usually comes to me first and then um, I'm able to work off what whatever thought came to me naturally and then build upon the body like that. And then usually the title is, is last. Got it. They have everything. Based on the feel that you get from the piece. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And what are some of the essential you know, elements that you need to have in a piece or a writing for you to say, you know what, that's good writing. Like, what does it need to have for you to feel like, you know what, I actually think that's a good piece right there. Um, it needs to, it needs to connect with me completely. Mm. Like, I, I guess I could write a sentence about anything, you know, right. and it could just be a random sentence. But if it doesn't like really speak and connect to something inside of me, yeah. um, of importance somehow, then I'm not done with it. Yes, it's it's not complete. Awesome. I need to have the flow also. Ah. Uh, now, is metaphor or similes or or any of those critical to you before the flow, or the flow is more important than those things? Kind of. Can come in afterwards. Um, those it's a combination. It's a tie almost. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just try to have the body together first, and then you know if it feels like it's missing something, then I'll add the extra stuff. But it's yeah, almost, it's almost like cooking, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you got yeah, a lot that comes into it. It <laughs> has to be just right. It yeah. has to have the combination of. Right. everything. That's awesome. Now, what advice would you give someone, you know, um, a writer who's working on their first manuscript? Because you just went through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give us one or two do's and don'ts. Don't rush the process. Okay. And two would be when you think you're complete, when you think you're finished, you're not actually finished. <laughs> you need to go through it a couple times, reread it a couple times, and see it with clear eyes. Mm. Because I, I made the mistake a couple times. Like I mentioned, like going back and forth and pressing everything. But one thing I sometimes didn't do, like I felt I was done the manuscript. Yeah. And then I'd rush the next day to try and to try and publish it or or um get the proof copy. Right. And I notice a lot of times I'll I'll get a reminder from the universe, I guess you can say, or a halt stop from the universe mm. that I shouldn't continue because, you know, I try to um send my proof copy through and I just keep getting error or it wouldn't wasn't able to save or something would crash. And that's how I knew that it wasn't ready yet. So mm go off um so just taking that time to see with clear eyes maybe wait a day or two right until you're you're off that i guess that high of staying up all night and then trying to work the next day when you're just on empty 
it's 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 also a bit of that implicit bias, right? Because it's it's our work and we don't necessarily want to judge it. Mm-hmm. It's fine, it's perfect. And like you said, the two days later you come back with fresh eyes and you're like, ooh. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know I didn't drink the night before when I was writing this, so something's up. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're we're at a point in this show where I have a segment called Thinking Out Loud. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna ask you the most random question. Okay. And <laughs> has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. And I mm-hmm. want to get your quick and honest response and just <laughs> <laughs> just to get a good crack at this, okay? Okay, here we go. Would you rather talk like Batman or Mickey Mouse for the rest of your life? <laughs> oh, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can only envision that. I can't even imagine it, really, because I'm like, wait, your voice is high, and you're going to speak like... <laughs> Why? Why Batman? Um... <laughs> I just feel like Mickey Mouse's voice would require a lot of uh, energy for me. <laughs> be, you know, happy-go-lucky all the time. I can't do that all the time. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Okay, so Batman it is. Oh, man. I'm definitely going with Batman. I'm not doing no Mickey. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm skeptical about Mickey. So, yeah. Um, so... The next piece I want you to share with us is mm-hmm. Up a Little Higher. And how personal was this one? Up a Little Higher mm-hmm. is definitely one of the pieces that I wrote fueled by, um, I guess, anger. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was inspired by a conversation I had with someone. Mm. Um, because, but uh, what I do with my work is, you know, I share about or write about my life, Mm -hmm. things I've gone through, um, on my blog and even on Instagram before I was sharing about motherhood, mental health struggles, my, my mental health journey. And, you know, I shared something this one point and the response I got from sharing that from person who I've always looked up to, mm. uh, which is why it's called Up a Little Higher, you know, right. always looked up to them. Um, the response I got was very um, shocking, stunning, right. um, confusing, and yeah, what inspired the speech. Mm. Wow. So I'm going to I'm going to get you to read that one cuz I really want to dig into this person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Put your pain upon a pedestal yearning for relief. Desperate for an ear to bend, you've run out of your belief. Heartbroken by responses from those that claim to love you. They lead with how could you reveal that? Better still, think not much of you. A simple what happened would suffice. Yet now it's you who paid the price feeling too damaged to be cared for, 
overly exposed to feel whole. Put your pieces back together, lonesome on your pedestal. That is so powerful. So when, when I read it, I said to myself, is this how I should be looking at um, some of the past relationships that I've had with people? Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that, yes, I put on that pedestal and they couldn't live up to that. Mm-hmm. And so at first I was angry with them and I said, well, it's not their fault. It's just that's mm-hmm. their shortcomings. I put them up there. Yeah. Maybe they didn't belong up there or didn't want to be up there, but I put them up there. Mm-hmm. You know, and then through that process of trying to understand why people do the things they do, and I realized it's not my job to own it. Um, mm-hmm. And I just learned that expectations are usually the ones that lead us to disappointment. Yeah. You yeah, know, definitely. so. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but I, I really appreciated that one because it, definitely hit home because I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, I know what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. So I got, I got a little bit nosy and I'm like, okay, I want to know who or what mm-hmm. happened there. <laughs> cause I, yeah. I liked it. Cause you did it with, with class too. Right. Um, but you also didn't dance around the issue of that really did hurt. Like I didn't expect you to say that, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where you have to spell it out to them again and say, you know, asking a simple question, like what happened would have been perfect. Yeah. That's, you know, sometimes like I share what I share as a way to connect with people. And, you know, sometimes people are not able to get in tune with what they're feeling themselves. No. And maybe what I write can resonate with them and help them, you know, process what, what they're not able to speak about. Yeah. Um, so, no, when I, got the response that I got for what I shared on the, you know, the topic that it was, yeah. it was, it left a very, very sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it also reminds me that I should, I shouldn't be too concerned about the negative opinions of what I write because I'm not writing for that person, obviously, you know, right. they don't, they're not, they don't need to read or hear what I have to say. No. Because obviously it's, it's not for them at that time in their life or are ever going to be. What I write is for the people who need that shoulder or that ear or you know that person to connect with and help them through what they're not able to go through or you know may, maybe they've gone through it and they just want to you know know that someone else is there. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I get into debates with my wife all the time because she insists on, you know, me caring about other people's feelings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't. And sometimes I do. Um, but I get to choose. Mm-hmm. I just don't want somebody else to impose their emotions or transfer that onto me when I'm not in that space and expect me to mm-hmm. carry it. Yeah. You know, so that's something that took me years to get to where it seems like I'm cold. But it's just because I'm not in the mental space to carry yours and carry mine. Mm-hmm. So I'm guarded, right? Like I'm, I'm always trying to protect me as opposed to just opening up all the time because I don't know what you're going to let in my my space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, transparency. Yeah, vicarious trauma is huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And it's just, all it takes is a few words. And for me to, you know, make a connection to those words. And now I'm living in the past in a dark place that I didn't want to be. Yeah. 
right? And you took me there. You didn't intend to do it, but you shared your story. Sometimes mm-hmm. your story might put me in there, you know? Um, and so people just don't understand that because we are selfish beings. And I understand that, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, no, I appreciate and, you sharing that. That's the thing with poetry too is, or, you know, sharing your truth and your emotions. It's, we shared not to, not with the intention of triggering Right. That emotion within the other person. Right. We're sharing to share our truth. And, and you know, you, you never know what you're going to get when you read something. That's it. Or when you have a conversation. But then eventually it, it's, you know, individually, you have to work through that yourself yeah. so that if there's ever a trigger, you never know, right? Yeah. Um, just to get through it. That's it. How did you celebrate when you finished the book? So when I finished the book, it just so happened to, like, I got my box of books and uh, my husband got a bottle of champagne. And the day that he got it, we actually ended up having um, some friends visit that we hadn't seen, like, who knows how long. Um, So we had a little mini celebration here at our place. Nice. Oh, and also just being able to tell my parents that I finished the book nice. um, and read it. Can I mention it with them? No, you, you got, you got like a really dope picture of you holding the book and you're, you're framing it, right? Uh, no, not that day, unfortunately. No. <laughs> what? No pictures? No. Well, you better take one. <laughs> take one with your book, frame it and put it somewhere. That's just going to be your constant reminder. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. That is incredible. It's it is a big thing though. It's a huge thing. Um, not too many people can say they they published the book. Thank you. If you had to spend a day with a you know a popular someone in the past or present, a popular poet, someone that you admire, who would it be? I would spend the day with Maya Angelou. Ah. Um, I have a collection of her poems that I've. I keep going back to and reading and it's just her, her soul and her, um, I just feel like I'm able to connect with her and feel her warmth through her writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I choose her. I feel like she would have a lot to share <laughs> a lot of, um, stories and, She's definitely lived. She's lived. Mm-hmm. Have you read her um, book? I think it's Mother and Me, or is it Mother and... No. No? Oh, you should read that. That's a story about her mm-hmm. and um, the unfortunate situation that she went through. Um, and But I didn't know her story. Mm-hmm. But after reading that book, hats off to her like probably one of the strongest women I've ever heard about mm-hmm. my goodness like her will is something else but I think it's something that you'll enjoy since you're um, mm-hmm. you're fond of her I think you'll definitely enjoy that one yeah, now, and even through the work I've read from her I I can understand that yeah you know, from the pieces that are in her book yeah now you have this other poem um, I think it's going to be the last one I get you to read for us. 
which is love notes. What triggered love notes? Um, love notes. It, it took me back. It took me back to like high, high school when you had a crush on somebody. That was a memory that came to me when I read that one. Mm-hmm. But you just don't know what to do with that. Right. <laughs> that's that's just what it was. So take me through what was what inspired this piece for you. Well, read uh, it, read piece. it first, sorry, and then and then share it. Cause I think that would help build the story. Okay. Four on the floor, sliding notes under the door, asking simple questions, needing the answers more and more. Circle yes, please never know. Do you love me? Do you care? I wish I could be near. Waiting on the other side became a desperate pastime, a solo game left to fight. Always hoping for the day I could feel the love this bond is supposed to hold. And this piece um, was inspired by um, just processing. Like when I wrote everything, I was processing so many, so many phases of my life, so many stages, so many emotions, so many um, buried emotions um and also during this time I was processing all the relationships I've ever had familial love friendships and this one just it's because it's in the the chapter of sorrow Mm. it just reminds me of was inspired by all of those relationships where I felt lonely um by myself you know always second guessing my position in said relationship um yeah wow that's awesome it's it's i'm i'm always i guess i don't want to say impressed but i enjoy the backstories because then it gives me more meaning to the the piece, mm-hmm. you know, and it's always interesting when you hear the backstory, you're like, wow, okay. Um, now I know why this line is there. <laughs> yeah. <it makes laughs> you know? sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like it really brings me into it. And that's why I asked for the backstory, but I appreciate you sharing that one. Um, how do you want to be remembered? This is the question I've always asked myself. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because, um, that question weighed heavy on me after my grandma's memorial service and um, just being in awe of the life she lived right. and all the connections she made and adventures she had gone on and all the, you know, it was a, a, a big room full of people and, you know, everyone had something wonderful to say about her. Everyone always had wonderful time spent with her and so then I I began like that journey of you know what what how do I want to be remembered what what am I going to leave behind and um and then that's when I began sharing more of myself Mm. through my writing or even I think that's when I began my YouTube channel and was creating content on there just um working on that yeah yeah I I want to be remembered especially through my kids and 
being uplifting and loving and caring, um, <clears throat> having them see me in a positive light, right. someone inspiring, and the same as anyone I, I meet or connect with. Right. Well, I gotta, I gotta tell you, um, I think you are one of the bravest, strongest, courageous individuals that I've met. Thank you so much. Um, because no, seriously, it's, it's, you're talking to somebody, you're, I'm the, like, this is the first time we're speaking. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to tell me any of the stories you shared with me tonight. Mm-hmm. but you did. And I think that's something that you should definitely hang your hat on as far as the brave, like the courage that you have to be able to tell your story to someone you've never met. But now possibly thousands are going to hear it. <laughs> and no, but that's the thing. Like, you know, we're, we're afraid when we're in our own space and within our four walls and we're afraid of what someone might think or the judgment that might come our way. Mm-hmm. But the minute you actually put your voice out there and your fear and you face it, like you just put this book out there, your personal, your world is in this book. Yeah. Pieces of you all over this book, you know, um, but you put it out there and regardless of what people say about it or have to say about it, I think it takes a special person to be able to do that. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. It really is. No. So <laughs> like, I, like, I mean that, like, I really want to commend you for doing this show with me tonight because it means so much more knowing what I now know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I feel like, you know, there's a connection as far as I got to know somebody real, like you exist. <laughs> You're not just <laughs> on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that means so much more to me um, for you to even open up the way you have tonight. And and so that's what I want you to walk away remembering that, um, that you're going to be remembered. Not just for the work that you put out, but it's the impact you've had that you may not even know about. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty in it, you know? It's nerve-wracking, but... <laughs> It is. Thank you. Yeah. It is. It really is. So. And that's one of the things that, you know, I had my reserves about releasing this this uh, collection because it, it's, it's a very intimate collection. There's, you know, stories um, turned in, you know, to poetry and it's me <laughs> pretty much just. You know, I can I can post on Instagram, post short poems or you know, a yeah. picture here or, you know, something there or make a YouTube video about hairstyling. Or, yeah. But um, this book is all of me. <laughs> That's it. It's all of you, right? But yeah. I, I'm sure a part of you is also feeling free. Yeah. Right? Because... Mm-hmm. It was a huge weight. Yeah. Yeah. Like almost like I can exhale now, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So kudos to you for that. Um, I wanted to share a piece that I wrote years back, mm-hmm. and you 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 inspired me to want to share this. It's called "When I Rule My Destiny." Mm-hmm. 
So I used to do a little bit of ba- um, spoken word here and there um, back in the days. But so when I rule my destiny, here it goes. <clears throat> when I rule my destiny, I envision. Envision you standing next to me, my brothers and your sisters. When I rule my destiny, peace and harmony with a little bit of melody will be the song that we sing. When I rule my destiny, I want the world next to me so I can mold her into that beauty queen, you know, the one that you cannot stand to see without paying the price of sight loss. I'm telling y'all, she'll be my S-U-N. When I rule my destiny, freedom will be your name and love will be mine. And together, you and I will set this world free. Because when I rule my destiny, I wouldn't need your hand, your words, or change for a better day. I would need just you standing next to me. And I wanted to share that piece just because of what you've done for me and the listeners tonight. The fact that you had a vision and you took your shot. You were scared as hell. It's a very beautiful piece. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. You were scared as hell, but you did it. Mm-hmm. That's the message I want people to walk away remembering. Um, obviously, along with the beautiful pieces that you're, you're able to share with us. So your destiny is something that you're creating. Mm-hmm. You don't have all the pieces yet. You know, the, the map is not even, the blueprint is not even finalized yet. You're still working at it. There's mm-hmm. so many other things that you want to do, the visual arts, um, and so many other things that you want to do. And I think you're going to do them uh, the more comfortable you get with the fact that you just put a big, chunk of yourself out in the world through this book mm-hmm. it's only going to allow you to just do all the things that you want to do without that fear being as big as it was when you first started mm-hmm. you know so keep pushing through um but before we wrap things up i want you to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom or something to guide them on their journey that either you found helpful on your journey or somebody else shared with you or anything that would inspire another person? Um, words of wisdom. One thing I have to say, and you know, it, in regards to having the courage within to write the work and release the book, and for anyone, everyone listening, is you have to be yourself. You need to be your true self in whatever it is that you're doing. If you're not if you're not able to be your true self, you are, you'll be stuck. You know, um, I was in a very dark place when I began writing and I had to do that work of processing and uncovering bits here and there. And, and healing, you know, so that I can become the person I am now, so that I could have the courage and to be my authentic self. Um, you just be truthful to who you are and stay on that path because what is meant for you will be. You just need to do that work and uncover everything and live live authentically. Thank you so, so, so much. So I have I have two requests to ask of you now. 
Okay. <laughs> I promise. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is I want you to actually end this episode for us with by reading uh, Little Geniuses okay. because I want the ode to your kids. So when they get to hear this, if you play it back to them or anything, uh, if you at least play this part for them, at least they know that mom mm-hmm. was thinking about us um, <laughs> when this happened. I really just want to pay tribute to them and it's for the kids. So that's the first thing. The second thing is um, then I want you to share your social media handle and how people can follow you, learn more about you, and also where they can get copies of your book, whether it's directly through you or Amazon or any other place that you have the book um, available. Okay. So I'll start with Little Geniuses. Listen to the children. They'll tell all that's important about the games to be played and the quality time to spend. It's not just about the material, but joys to be shared. And how can I get this book if I'm listening to this episode right now? So my book is available online on Amazon. It'll ship directly to you. Um, my website, you can find the direct link um, for whichever country you're in through my website. It is www.andrianawarlow, A-N-D-R-E-A-N-A-W-A-R-L-O-W.ca. And it, I'll have the direct link to Canada, U.S., um, Australia, wherever you are in the world for your Amazon. And if you are in Canada, I do have signed copies available. Um, you can send me a direct message on Instagram. My handle is Andriana Warlow at Andriana Warlow. Or you can send me a, uh, an email through my site if you'd like a signed copy. And yeah, those are... Wow. Thank you so much, Andriana, for this. Um, it was a pleasure. Um, Thank I had a you great so time. much, Derek, for having me on here. Oh my gosh, I had a blast with this. Um, I learned a lot about you that I didn't know. Um, complete strangers connecting, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of respect for you. And I'm looking forward to the next piece that you put out. Um, no pressure. Um, I want to take the opportunity to also thank our listeners for following and sharing the content we hope you got a lot from this as I did Um, it's definitely an episode that I have to listen to again and again just because a lot of life lessons that were shared um, through your journey and so I want to make sure people also experience that as well Um, until next time love peace and Nappiness.